You're listening to Eureka on Monocle Radio, brought to you by the team behind The Entrepreneurs, the show all about inspiring people, innovative companies, and fresh ideas in global business. I'm Tom Edwards. Today's programme is all about the pursuit of truly sustainable urban mobility solutions. John Molinger is the CEO of Angel Mobility, a leader and innovator in the space. Angel's bikes are made in France, close to the strongest expertise in e-bike manufacture and, crucially, adjacent to where most units will be sold. Angel bikes stand out from the crowd, certainly in terms of form and function, but also in terms of the brand's commitment to enhance security and safety. This month, Angel unveiled the Mini E-Bike One, the very first electric bike from the Mini automotive brand. John stopped by Midori House to tell me more about his e-mobility adventures and how he got here via Nike, Puma and Bang & Olufsen, amongst others, and spells living and taking inspiration from Japan and Denmark. I began by asking John to take me back to the start of his journey. I grew up playing sport and um, wanted to join that industry. I had probably a little bit of a knack for Nike specifically, which I ended up joining as, as my first job. I then followed the personal passion. I, I like mobility, so uh, I saw a gap in the market for comfortable and safe but luxurious motorcycle footwear, which I studied the business, patented the business, and, and run that for a while. And after that, I uh, moved to Japan. So that was very different, but amazing, amazing. I discovered so many things that I will keep forever. After that, I uh, uh, moved into retail for a few years before my last corporate experience before today, which was living in Denmark, working in uh, luxury audio and video and discovering yet another amazing culture, which is probably something that cemented what I'm doing today on bicycles, but we'll talk about it later. So, Yeah, look, it's an amazing journey. Well, let's talk about mobility because you've mentioned it's a, a longstanding passion of yours. This is a business that's operating right in one of those intersections we're talking about that's deeply fascinating to Monocle as well, because the future of our cities and how well or not they function depends so fundamentally on smart innovations in mobility generally and e-mobility specifically. Was this always the business that you had to end up kind of running and, and being part of? I've had a very strong passion for mobility, regardless of the amount of wheels and, and, and probably propulsion of, you know, since I was a kid, basically. But I simply never worked in the industry. I think I always had that element in my mind that at one point I'd love to give it a try. I think something changed in Japan again because when moving to new countries, one thing I've always tried to do was to commute the way locals do. Otherwise, you know, there is a risk that you go from your place to the office and you're not necessarily living the, the, the real world, if you will. So when I moved to Copenhagen, I realized because I had done, I had been riding bikes all my life for leisure. I had never really used them for commuting. And I realized that it worked really well. You said something which is really, you know, striking. You said the future of our cities or sustainability depends on mobility and maybe one word away from uh, what we have as a mission statement. Mm -hmm. You know, we, brands like us and companies like us are not necessarily going to shape cities, but we have a mission to accelerate and support cities transforming into something that is sustainable. And part of that is, of course, the pollution aspect, which is, you know, what people tend to think about as a first element of sustainability. But it, it's not the only thing. Um, you know, Angel was founded by 
Marc Simoncini, who was a very successful French tech entrepreneur. And, you know, when he tells you the first time he had the idea, I think he was in uh, an investment meeting and his, his office was overlooking a very busy crossroad. And seeing the amalgamation of cars, the amount of it, the noise, you know, it, it, it's Paris. So people are never going to be shy to, you know, be loud, basically. I, I think a familiar, the, a familiar scene, you, I think, for you, many you, you listeners. See, yeah. you, you, see, you see the point. So I think, I think his observation was, how long are we going to be able to live with that thing? That's where, you know, what, what you described is, is really critical. It's not so much a competition between cars and bikes and trains and whatnot. It is that to bring some kind of fluidity and peace, in mm -hmm. a way, in, in cities, you have to look outside the box and you have to appreciate that one size doesn't fit all. And you're 100% right. It is about helping the cities transform. That could not cue up any better what I wanted to ask you about next, which brings this idea of innovation, thinking outside the box, holistic solutions, the partnership with Mini. Let's talk a bit about that because I'm a bit of a, a petrol head and I know that's not voguish these days, but really what I mean is I love automotive design. I love the technicalities of engineering great solutions from ICE through to e-mobility and all the rest. And when I was a kid growing up in England, obviously Mini meant something amazing and i became fascinated by alec isagonis going back to the you know the great designers of the of the morris minor and all the rest of it i guess there in a sense couldn't be a better fit for an e-mobility innovator like angel and an automotive brand that is synonymous with precisely that kind of disruptive thinking reimagining solutions it must have been well again was this serendipity or was it something in the waters? How, how did it come together? Because it feels like a partnership that could not be any more perfect. We're extremely fortunate. So mobility is by nature multi-model. For some of the larger players, they clearly were not only automobile brands anymore. And um, BMW, of course, had their cars, but they also had BMW I on the electric mobility. Motorrad, probably one of the fastest growing premium motorcycle brands on, on the planet, uh, launching their electric scooters. So, you know, I was thinking, let's go talk to BMW first. So, I, you know, I gave it a shot. I wasn't sure really what to expect as a discussion. I just wanted to talk. And the discussion, they said, well, look, it's good timing because we are going to accelerate the electrification of the mini brand which was going well. And so they said, well, look, we're, we're going to open a pitch for a bicycle brand to design, develop, and help us commercialize what would be a suite of mini bicycles. Do you want to be part of it? So we said, well, of course, but we're late. We're late. There was, I think, you know, 20, 30 entrants already. So that's, that's how it started, and, and, and we've been lucky to, to get it. But back to them, your description uh, you know, of the original mini, the original designer. The reason why I, I call ourselves fortunate is they will, as all of them, they will have to operate a change in powertrain and energy management. Where BMW as a group is trying something that's hard, but I think they're right to be having that ambition, is that they do not want the electrification to come at the cost of the driving experience. And at the end of the day, they want BMWs to remain fun to drive and athletic and sporty, and they want minis to remain nimble and quick and snappy. 
and it's hard. You know, it's hard because that the, there's many other brands that throughout the electrification process completely lost their soul or their dynamic DNA. The badge might still be there on the bonnet, but that is it. So we're lucky, and of course, we're more lucky even with Mini because they're very urban. When we talk about audiences, it looks like we're almost spot on the same. You know, we, we sell bikes to people that are between 35 and 55. They live in large cities. We have a premium positioning, but we're not beyond money, you know, if I can put it this way. And if you enjoy the experience driving a Mini, you, you probably would enjoy the one of the bike as well. But uh, so it's, it's, it's a great match. It's funny what you said, that idea about BMW being so, as a group, committed to this idea of retaining the performance DNA of, of the driving experience. And there's a playful quality to the e-bikes. What do they look like? It looks familiar and yet new. It looks traditional and yet contemporary. It's hard to do it justice, but give us a bit of a snapshot as you see it, as you see it, John. It is tricky uh, on, on air, but uh, we want it to still look like a bicycle and, and, and we think it does. But obviously, it also has some more radical point of views, um, you know, between the battery position, the shapes, you know, from afar, you probably will realize it looks a little more nimble than other electric bikes. We're light, you know, it's a light product. And then when you're, when you're closer, you're going to notice a few other things. You will notice that we embark a, an integrated cockpit. Of course, it's a software-defined vehicle, uh, but it's not phone-dependent, which is a strong belief. Yeah. Big debates, but strong belief. You know, we think it's important that you don't ride being distracted by your phone. So it carries its own SIM card and will navigate you without the help of your phone. And the other thing that you will notice, but this is really a few inches away, is bicycle frames are usually welded together. And you can paint them really well, but when you get closer, you will, you will notice those welds that you don't notice on a car because they're, they're hidden under the body. Our frame is using an aeronautical technique where we glue tubes to tubes together. It's expensive, it's tricky, but it allows us to have very, very thin wall aluminum. And that's what makes the bike so light. So tell me then, John, in terms of the, the ambition, I guess these machines, beautifully engineered, impeccably designed, they do come at quite a price point. And I guess like many products, they're in the premium small vehicle, e-vehicle space. In some senses, you know, that precludes a truly mass audience in terms of a buying decision that will change the fabric of the cities like we talked about the big picture at the beginning. What are your ambitions, though? It's all great fun, but at the end of the day, there is a mission to make cities better places and to also allow mobility for people that have neither the means nor the use case to have cars or whatnot. So that's the ambition. That was John Molinger, the CEO of Angel Mobility. And you can learn more about the brand and its exciting collaboration with Mini by heading to angelmobility.com. And that's all for this episode of Eureka. We'll be back at the same time next week. Do look out in the meantime for The Entrepreneurs. The main programme is available every Wednesday. Eureka was produced by Laura Kramer and Tom Webb with mixing and editing by Jack Dewars. To contact the team, do reach out to Laura. You can email her on lrk at monocle.com. I'm Tom Edwards. Goodbye and thanks for listening. <laughs>